Welcome to Market Scale Software and Electronics. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today I have the pleasure of having a conversation with John Meager. Now, John is the Senior Director for North America Carriers for Samsung Electronics America. John, how are you today? Good morning, Sean. Thank you for having me. So do me a favor. Let's uh, get your personal history kind of let's give me some background. How did you wind up in this position with Samsung Electronics America? Well, you know, ever since I uh, got I I spent four years in the Navy when I got out of the Navy in 91. um, I thought this uh, Japanese company was hiring uh, production supervisors for night shift turned out to be a Finnish company called Nokia Mobile Phones. Uh, So Nokia hired me. So I've been into mobile my whole entire career. You know, I started out as a night shift supervisor at Nokia, moved my way up to regional engineering manager. I'm still trying to figure out how that happened because I have an economics degree. Uh, but anyway, uh, Motorola got a hold of me and asked me to come up to Chicago to lead a new organization. So I went to Motorola uh, for almost seven years, uh, came back in 2006, ran a site in Monterey, Mexico, where we built all the rim blackberries for North America. Uh, then I took over New Breed, which was a, a reverse logistics company for um, did all the reverse for Verizon Wireless. And then from there, Samsung got a hold of me and wanted me to take over the Verizon relationship for service. And over the last three to four years, I've taken over all the North America carriers. I think it would be safe to say, just based on the explanation you just gave me, you're not a guy who likes to sit still. Literally mobile is both a description of what you do, but also what you are. Well, I think that... um it, mobile is. I mean, I think the technology, if you look at it over the last 20 to 25 years, has been very exciting. You know, you've gone from analog to now voice over LTE, and now you're hitting into 5G, right? So it's very exciting in and of itself there. Um, and I think that within the, the technology space, gives you an op- a lot of opportunities to move around and learn and really take on new assignments. If you look at Motorola, I led large-scale global IT implementation. I learned two things there. IT, I have a very a large respect now for when people do large, you know, IT implementations because it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of planning. The second thing is it takes too long. It takes you about 18 months sometimes to do a very large scale implementation. And I'm not built for doing something, the same thing for 18 months. Um, but if you look at the, uh, the career, it's allowed me to expand between, you know, running a large manufacturing site to leading a service to leading the RL. Um, to being a regional engineering manager, and I still, you know, I did very well in that, but I still don't know how I did it. You know, what's interesting is you talk about these large-scale implementations taking up to 18 months for deployment. You work in an industry where 18 months is a lifetime. By the time that that deployment's finished, they've already moved to the next iteration of the technology. That's an interesting sort of uh, a game plan to have to balance. Yeah, because, you know, if you look at it, you know, we did a uh, if you if you think about Motorola at the time that we did this, you're talking about China, Singapore, Flensburg, Germany, um, uh, you know, Mexico, uh, Jagaruna, Brazil and all the North America sites. So it did take a while of planning and to try to integrate all those, you know, large scale sites into one um, application. Um, so at that point it was. But at the same time, that's where. I think if you look at a company like Newbreed, I got a lot of respect for them. They're now XPO. But we used to do, you know, um, software upgrades to the entire system in six weeks. So it's funny is some of the larger corporations tend to be have roles and processes and procedures and gates and everything that sometimes is good because it helps you um, really focus on 
you know, and, and, and getting it right. But then you have some of these smaller companies that really are nimble. Um, and I've worked for both and I have a lot of respect for both. Um, but yes, I mean, it, it is sometimes taking a long time to do things. The the the, the uh, market kind of or whatever the technology passes you by. You work in a in a sector now, agility and being nimble. That's just something you do every single day. Let's talk a little bit about the way that that flexibility allows you to handle your job on a daily basis when you're working as the senior director for the North America characters uh, carriers for Samsung Electronics America. Well, if you look at, um, if I understand the question, if you look at it the way I, I manage it, I mean, it's a, it's a complex business. You're talking about, you know, Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T, all the regional carriers, MBNOs, um, et cetera, right? And that could get very complex. If you try to do everything, you know, you're not going to, you're going to basically be mediocre. And I don't believe in mediocre. Um, so I think of what I do is rely on my team. I got a, I got a very good team, um, really trained them up over the years, got them you know, focused on the right things. Cause there's any, anything there's, you know, there's the vital few and then there's, you know, the uh, trivial many. And what you try to do is focus the team on not, not getting caught up in looking at colored bubbles, right? Um, my, my, my team, um, um, what I've learned is over the years is there's two ways that I think you can manage that and, and get everything right is I, I manage two levels down and one level up. And the reason I do that, so I manage two levels down. Some people will think that's very hands-on. But the way I look at it is it allows me to do two things. Number one, I think too many leaders today don't understand their business. They're making decisions, and they really don't understand what it is their, their, their business is trying to accomplish, some of, the, some of the issues and things they're trying to overcome. So by managing two levels down, I really understand my business. But I also get to understand my people, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, where they need to be, where I need to focus on to really get them to rise up to the next level. Um, the second thing um, is you always manage one level up because you can strategically, you've got to know where the company's going and you've got to guide the, the organization um, that way. So if you look at it that way, you know, I think that the, the team will allow you to be nimble because it allows you to hand off a lot of things um, that you typically won't be able to do. Second thing I try to do is um, I, I call it the ladder of ambiguity. Right. I think what I try to tell people is you got to be at lower level data and get yourself up to higher level concepts. If you're at lower level data and you can't go up, you can't articulate a higher level concept, then what you say is probably not grounded in fact. If you're at lower level data, if you had higher level data and you and you and you haven't gotten yourself there with lower level information, then what you say probably won't inspire anybody. Right. So you've got to be able to go up and down that ladder of ambiguity very clearly. You know, uh, Albert Einstein is quoted as having said, if you can't explain something simply, you don't understand it well enough. So I think you're on the right track. Absolutely. Anytime that you can align yourself with something that Albert Einstein said, you're probably doing it right. Well, I did not know that, but thank you very much. You've made my day. Let's talk about some of the trends you've seen over the past lifetime in the industry, specifically the last year or so. Well, it's funny you say that because most people expect the future to be slightly modified versions of the present. And it's usually very, very different. Right. And that's why I try to tell the team what we did last year, you know, put that away, you know, you know, have have a drink or, or whatever, celebrate. But this is a new year. There's new challenges, et cetera. If you look over the last year, you know, the, 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 the carrier business anyway has gone from growing to basically you know, taking other people's customers, right? So there's only a finite amount of people who is going to buy a mobile phone. Um, so they're kind of trading customers right now. 
So that makes you got to think a little bit differently, especially from Samsung. We got to think a little differently over the last year. If you look at us, you know, we, we've launched, um, you know, a, a, um, a Samsung care nationwide network to where now people who buy a Samsung phone, it was launched, it was announced on a GS9 uh, launch just recently. We have 370 plus locations that can do same day repair within two hours. They can go online and do digital scheduling. They can do competitive. We have a competitive cost. So we can, we, we're, 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 we're actually lower than what you can go to a, like a, a mall kiosk and get an unauthorized repair. You don't know where the parts are coming from. We're, we're nearby to most consumers and it's done right the first time, right? So, so from that, you know, we've launched this to where even if you look at some of the Newsweek's articles and some of like, uh, uh, some of the uh, the uh, the app or the uh, websites out there that tout technology, you know, they said this is a game changer for Samsung because before we can compete with them on a device level, but if you wanted something fixed from Apple, take it to the Apple Store. You got a bad battery, take it to the Apple Store. Now with 370 plus locations, you can take it to us and we can give you a certified repair. If it's in warranty, it's done for free. If it's out of warranty, we'll be very competitive in the marketplace. You know, and we have a philosophy where if it's not authorized, it's not repaired because our devices, you know, are IP68, they're water resistant, you know, and all this. So getting a certified repair done is very critical. And we think that um, by, by doing that, you know, you, you create loyalty. <clears throat> you, you don't run a risk of losing customers due to uh, bad performance, et cetera. We've also have things like Samsung Plus on our device to where, you know, consumers can actually not even have to call into a call center anymore. You know, there's self-service, there's proactive tips, there's, we have video chat, live chat, chat bot, we're social media, um, et cetera. And we're also getting ready to launch something at a high level called premium care, where, you know, so it's more than an insurance program. It'll protect your device on insurance, but also has a we come to you um, component of it. So if you're at a coffee shop and you want us to meet you there to take a look at your device, to transfer device to a new, new device you bought, um, et cetera. So, you know, between the, uh, the uh, 370 plus locations plus the social media aspect or the uh, the app aspect plus the premium care, you know, we're, we're really starting to drive um, loyalty and stickiness with the consumer or giving them avenues of repair or an opportunity to contact Samsung that they didn't typically have in the past. All right. So let's talk about what I see as a conflict as technology advances a new phone comes out to handle 3G, 5G, LTE, all of the changes. If you're going to be so helpful at helping me repair and keep my current handset working, that seems like you're keeping me from buying a new phone. Cell phones by sort of by their nature have a built-in obsolescence to them. So explain to me that sort of balance, that challenge that you have. Well, if you look at it, we're not we are trying to create loyalty. I mean, at the end of the day, when we launch a new device, it's going to have all the uh, the new technology built into it because that's what Samsung's made their made their name for. Um, but when you buy our device, we don't want to leave you to where you have no avenue for questions, for service, for uh, um, any 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 issues you may have with your device. So what we're trying to do is open up a secondary avenue to where you can go in. And what we've known is our, our research says. 65% of all consumers would prefer to walk into a location than do the advanced exchange model. Today's model is if you have a problem with your device, call the carrier. The carrier will try to troubleshoot you over the phone. If they, if they, uh, if they feel like there's a defect, they will advance exchange out a new device. You'll transfer your information to the old, to the new device from your old device and then ship your old device back in. It's very complicated. It's cumbersome. 
But now with 370 plus locations, you have the ability just to walk into a place, ask a question. Hey, I think I'm having a problem. And then we'll find out if it's a hardware defect, is it a software defect or an app defect. And we can help troubleshoot it. Because we don't want people to be frustrated with our device. As you say, with the new technology comes complicated sometimes um, on, on the user side. So we want to educate the consumer and make them understand the full benefits of the device. The note has a stylus, you know, so you have the ability to, like, I don't even carry around a notebook anymore. You know, I usually use my note and just take notes during a meeting and then upload it to an app. And um, all my notes are there. And if I want to go backwards and look it up, you know, I have the ability to do that. Versus the Galaxy doesn't have the, the note, but it's, you know, it's for, has very high gaming abilities, um, um, app abilities, et cetera. So we just want to make sure the consumer understands the device and taking full value of it and understanding the value of that device. Now, in the spirit of full disclosure, I have to tell you, I'm an S8 active guy, and it's the the favorite phone I've ever owned. That's a great device. I mean, you can take it hiking, camping, you know, drop it down a mountain, um, and you should be fine. I mean, the active is built for the high energy. People are out in the wilderness, out in the, out in the ocean. Um, wherever to really take advantage of the uh, the active uh, features and abilities. You know what, John? Sure, let's go with that. I'm active and I I hike and stuff. <laughs> yes, of course I do. And now I have it on record that someone said that that's why you would buy this <laughs> there you phone. Go. So you're welcome. Um, I have to say I like that I like that approach that I have a product. I'm using it. I have a problem with it. You help me actually extend the life of that product, which then extends my loyalty. Absolutely. And you know what? Samsung did such a great job with helping me with this. What else is there? It's I'm I'm ready for a new phone now. Not I'm not forced to a new phone. I think I'm ready to get a phone with a better camera or I want, you know, as you said, I want something I can use a stylus on. I think that's a really that's an intelligent approach, John. Well, thank you. I mean, it's not it's not me. Uh, we have a very very good uh, service team within North America, led by Michael Lauder, um, and he's really um, uh, drove this strategy um, with us, and we're just um, supporting him and uh, and helping him do that. But yes, I mean, I think if you look at it, Samsung's come a long way over the last three or four years, especially from a service. You know, we we're very good at selling, um, but I don't think we did a very good job of allowing consumers in between. You know. If you're a millennial, you don't want to call up anybody. We have social media, we have chat, we have video chat, you know, et cetera. To anyone who wants to walk into a location or to people who just want to go in and to your point is to an advanced exchange with the carriers. We have we have all all avenues open to each consumer. We believe that is the way of supporting and creating stickiness and loyalty within the brand. Now, as a father of a teenage daughter, I have to say there is a little bit of an irony happening in my view to cellular phones, and that is they aren't used as phones anymore. My daughter would rather have a tooth pulled than have an actual verbal phone conversation over the phone. I find that to be one of the most ironic developments in the lifespan of phones. Well, that's kind of, I think, the reason for 5G, right? Because if you look at it, I have two daughters as well, a 20-year-old and a 17-year-old. And my 17-year-old, you know, when I try to call her, she ignores it and then texts me, you know, what, what, what's up? What do you need, right? I mean, that's just the way um, that they are. And it's funny is you can, you can learn a lot um, from that. They, they, they get their Netflix. They get everything on, on, on the phone right now. Um, so it's just, you know, and, and it's an interesting movement and dynamic within the market, you know. So what is the phone going to look like in 2025, right? Is it going to be a, you know, candy bar shaped phone that you typically see today or would it be something that is just a video monitor with uh, the ability to, uh, to text people? I don't know. 
but it's interesting the way it may work. That's an interesting question. So let me ask you this hypothetical. Do you think there's a chance that we stop calling it a phone in, say, the next decade because that's not even going to be a secondary feature on it anymore? Well, I remember in 1998 uh, with the Internet boom, if everyone remembers that in the bubble that occurred, that we were no longer going to go shop in a store anymore in the next five to 10 years. And, and everything's going to be done online and nobody's going to go out and mingle and interact anymore. Uh, that hasn't happened. I, I think these trends to that point take a while, right? I mean, my 17-year-old needs to become 35, right? So you're talking about another 15, 20, 25 years from now. But who knows? I mean, I, I still believe it'll be a phone because at the end of the day, um, but, you know, come back to me in three years and let's have another conversation about that. Let's talk about that three years. I know you live in the future. You really do. You live three to five years out. I believe you've said just because you're a market leader today, you're not always going to be the market leader tomorrow. So tell me about the the approach you take towards building your team and how you position them to grow to be better next year than they are today. Well, like I said, I mean, I, I try to go with the foundation, right? People are smart and I think people have a phenomenal capability, right? They will surprise you if challenged, right? So if you look at my team, you know, I always stress the system, you know, and try to flush out to see who can handle the stress and who can't. Um, I, I, uh, I, I just try to make sure that they understand the, the basics. They understand their business. They understand, you know, from uh, um, where, where we are, where we're going. What are the skill sets that we always have the conversation? We have a conversation once a quarter with my team, each individual. We try to understand is where they're at, where they want to be. And what do I need to be doing to, to get them to that next level? I mean, we had a staff meeting. I want to say the uh, it was around August or September of last year. And I kind of made the comment and it surprised everyone. I says, look, I mean, at the end of the day, and one of the reasons why I have these conversations with you is if I look around two, two and a half years from now, and I'm looking at the same individuals, well, I haven't just done my job as a manager. Just my job as a manager, not only to to um, to make sure the organization runs well, but I have a really big responsibility with my team. And, and where do I want to take them? Where do they want to go? And how do I support them getting to the next level? And um, so we, we, we have those conversations because what it does is they get to go out and um, and go on to a new new um, experience and, and a new and a new task. But I also get to bring in fresh blood into my organization, look at things differently, um, et cetera. So I think that's. Um, one of the things that I try to do is, is, is just really grow the team and get them ready for the next level. You have three days. You and the family are going someplace. Where are you going to get away from everything mobile? Do I get to go somewhere nice and just not bring everything with me? Absolutely. Anywhere you want. Yeah, I would probably, uh, my, uh, when my uh, oldest daughter, my 20-year-old Emily, when, when she graduated high school a few years ago, I, I, I took them to London and Paris. And it was a really good opportunity because at that time, I, I did not check my cell phone or anything. I used it for pictures and uploading and things like that. Um, but I did not check in the work. Like I said, I have a very good team. And I knew that for, for the 10 days I would be gone, uh, the organization would be running well. If there's some urgent, of course, they would have texted me or, or gave me a call. Uh, so Emily, or Caitlin now, who's my 17-year-old, will graduate high school next year. I'm going to take her to Italy. Uh, so we're going to take the family vacation to Italy. And I will drop everything. And for the most part, use my phone as more of a camera, which is great nowadays. For, uh, now, when, like I say, Samsung has a phenomenal camera. 
light and dark situations, that takes a really good picture. Not to, a shameless plug for a Samsung there. Um, but I will use it as a camera and taking pictures, but I will not be checking email unless somebody calls me and says, hey, I have something urgent. As I said earlier in this interview, sir, I think you're definitely doing it right. You got your head in the right place, and I really appreciate you bringing your head and the rest of you into this interview today, and thanks for taking the time. Today, I've been having a conversation with John Meager, the Senior Director for the North America Carriers for Samsung Electronics America. John, thank you so much. I really have enjoyed this. Sean, it was an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.